0: Sound doctrine. Now I want you to underline that little phrase, those two words, sound doctrine. Both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. Next to that word circumci- circumcision, uh, you can write the Jew. Uh, that is that is who that is talking about. When you see that word circumcision, it's talking about the Jew. Verse number 11 whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. I want to say, tell us why you really feel about them. <laughs> Verse 13, This witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. Not giving heed the Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Now the thought continues on into our text, but I, I want to take these verses tonight, and it may I may finish this sermon tonight, and I may not. This will continue in the chapter two once we get there. But I want to preach tonight on sound doctrine, right. sound doctrine within these contexts. When when Paul writes in verse number nine holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. That is talking about the Word of God, amen. I'm glad we do have God's Word. And here's why he needs to hold fast to those faithful words, verse 9, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gainsayers. What what, it, what is this purpose? Why, why is he doing this? Well, it all centers around these two words, sound doctrine. You'll find the words sound doctrine four times in your Bible. Two of those times are here in the book of Titus. The other two are in the epistles of Timothy. And so I'm going to jump right into this tonight, and this will develop as we go. I want to say, I'm going to try to give you three things about sound doctrine tonight, and we'll, we'll go. Number one, I want to talk about the establishment of sound doctrine. W- what is it? What does it mean? Well, it doesn't mean what you think it means, alright? So let's, let's break that little term down. First of all, I want to note the definition of Doctrine. Not the definition of sound doctrine, but the definition of doctrine. Now, turn. take your Bibles. I've been having you turn some. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter number 32, alright? Deuteronomy chapter number 32. I, I usually don't have you turn, but I, I want you to look at some of these verses and maybe mark them. In your Bible. What I'm about to show you here in Deuteronomy chapter 32 is the first mention in our Bible of the word doctrine. The first mention. Now, we understand that first mention principle, it it usually is a biblical way to define a word, and majority of the time, that first mention of that word carries the definition of that throughout the Word of God. So in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse number 1, this is the song of Moses. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass because I will publish the name of the Lord ascribe ye greatness unto our God and so there's your first mention of doctrine now turn to Isaiah chapter 55 we're going to compare these two passages what is Isaiah, What is Moses talking about when he talks about that dew and that rain falling he said my doctrine shall, uh, shall drop as the rain and my speech shall distill as the dew what is he talking about well Isaiah chapter number 55 and verse number 10. For as the rain cometh down, and as the snow from heaven returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, watch now, so shall my word go be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So I, I submit to you tonight that the definition of doctrine is the word of God. It is divine truth revealed from God. He says in Deuteronomy it's going to drop like the rain and the dew cross-referencing that to Isaiah 55. He said, my word is like the rain. Rain falls on everybody. And God has a word for everybody. Aren't you glad? That includes me and that includes you tonight. So this is the definition of doctrine. If you're taking notes tonight, you can write this down. Doctrine is what we believe. Doctrine is what we believe. And I'm glad we have good doctrines tonight, amen. I could preach all night. I could preach for weeks on the doctrines of the church. I believe in the doctrine of salvation, amen. Salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the doctrine of God the Father. There is one God. I believe in the doctrine of God the Son. God had a son, and his name was Jesus Christ. I believe in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit of God. He indwells the believer at the moment of salvation. I believe in the doctrine of eternal salvation. Not that you can live like you want to after you get saved, but if you've been born again and saved by the grace of God, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. And He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. And I'm grateful for that. I believe in the doctrine of the King James Bible. Amen. This just ain't a book. This is the book. This is God's Word. And I'm going to have that to hold in my hand. We could preach all night. We, we preach on the doctrine of the church, how God set aside the church, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. But, but that's not what we're preaching on tonight. We're preaching on sound doctrine. So that's the definition of doctrine. But I want us to note, secondly, the dis, not only the definition of doctrine, but the display of sound doctrine. You see, doctrine is what we believe. But sound doctrine is how we behave. Did you get a hold of that? Write that down. Doctrine is what we believe. But sound doctrine is how we behave. You are there in the book of Titus? Turn back to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. We're going to let you see the first time that the phrase sound doctrine is used in our Bible. Y'all, y'all don't mind turning and looking at the Word of God, don't you? Amen. 1 Timothy chapter number 1. And verse number 8, verses number 9, and verse number 10 is the verses that we will look at tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be anything that is contrary to, help me, sound doctrine. In other words, all those things he listed in verse 9 and 10 are actions. Murders, disobedient, ungodly, unholy, profane. Those are actions that result of the condition of the heart. He said so wrong living. Are you hearing me now? Wrong living is contrary to sound doctrine. You look up the word sound. It means complete. It means whole. It means entire. And you you heard you've heard, uh, you've heard uh, maybe um, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word here. Uh, somebody word, is that sound? Is that peaceful? Is that is that place sound? What do they mean? Is, is it complete? Is it whole? Is it healthy? Is it entire? In other words, is it what it says it is? You see, here's what here, here's what I'm talking about tonight. I, I'm I, I know I'm being a little wordy. There's a lot of people that carry King James Bibles. How believe y'all. How many believe y'all to carry a King James Bible? How many believe y'all to read a King James Bible? There's a lot of people that say they're King James only, but they live NIV. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The NIV has 64,000 less words, and I could use ESV or Good News for Not Modern Man, any other version, I just happen to have the NIV stats handy. NIV has 64,000 less words than the King James. So a lot of people say, boy, I'm King James only, but they live NIV lives. They don't follow. The Bible said in Matthew 4, For a man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm talking about the importance of sound doctrine. Philippians chapter 2, here's what Paul said, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It don't mean you've got to work for your salvation. He said work it out. It's on the inside. Don't keep it there. Work it out. Get it out. What he's talking about, he may not use that phrase, but what he is talking about is sound doctrine. Does your behavior match what you believe? Or maybe I should back that up. Does your belief system match how you behave? That's what sound doctrine is. You see, doctrine is what you believe. Bless God, we believe it right. All right, how are you behaving? Don't tell me what you believe and behave a different way. That is contrary to sound doctrine. I have never had anyone, to my knowledge, in the 11 years of me being the pastor here, lead this church over doctrine. I've never had anybody lead the church and say, Preacher, we're leaving because we don't believe in the doctrine of eternal security. Or, Preacher, we're leaving because we don't believe in the doctrine of the King James Bible. Or preacher, we're leaving because we don't believe in the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus. I've never heard anybody, leave. but I've had them leave by the groves over sound doctrine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's think about it. You don't hear about people leaving over doctrinal issues anymore. It's, well, I can't believe he says i got to live that way. Or I can't believe he preaches on that. Or preaches against that. You know what all is that? Sound doctrine. I'm not saved by works tonight. We're all, we all on the same page with that. But I do believe in a salvation that works. And I do believe that if you're really saved, and if God moved you on the inside, I'm not talking about lost people now, I'm talking about people that claim they're saved. If God really moved you on the inside of you, sound doctrine's going to come out in your life. Don't be King James and live NIV. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Here's what Paul says. It's one page back in my Bible. You might want to look at it. He said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, preach the word. Be as to in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Uh Uh-oh, look at verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure. Help me. Didn't say they'd have a problem with eternal security. Didn't say they'd have a problem with the King James Bible. There are those that do. Don't don't misunderstand me. But you say, you know what they're going to get tired of? If you're saved, y'all live like this. That's not legalism. That's if you are saved, if you're alive, you ought to be breathing. Well, we all agree with that. It helps to breathe if you're alive. Well, using that terminology, that definition, some people would call me a legalist. You're adding works to my life. Well, duh. I don't, I don't breathe necessarily to live. I'm living because I'm breathing. I don't work to be saved, but I ought to have some good works because I am saved. And Paul said, Timothy, he's telling that young preacher, Timothy, you better preach, son. He said, you better reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, Timothy. They're not going to endure a sound doctrine. Didn't say they ever enjoyed it. It always said they endured it. Man, there's so much preaching here. I've had a lot of people over the years, but Tony, they endured it for a while. I mean, they endured it. I mean, you thought they was the Jews in the tribulation period. They was enduring to the end. But after a little while, they couldn't endure it anymore. Now, have I ran people off because of my attitude before? Probably. And by the way, your attitude ain't the greatest smelling thing in the world either. Help me now. Amen. Somebody says, mine ain't, yeah. Your feet don't stink either. I believe that. Sure. You still get that crust in the corner of your eye when you wake up in the morning. Amen. You just as, your flesh just as nasty as mine is. But I'll tell you, most of the time, most of the time, people get out of church, leave church. It's over. Sound doctrine. They don't endure it. That word endures means to stick with. Amen. I, I truly believe this. If you're saved and claim you love the Lord, we ought to know it. We ought to be able to see it. There ought to be evidence of it. Help me, Lord. He's, here's what here's what Paul said on Titus. He said, you hold fast to that faithful word. You stay with that book that's been entrusted with you, that you may be able, that you may be able uh, to, by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. How you behave determines what you believe. Let's just get real. How many? How many? Of the, let me put my glasses on so I can see y'all. I can't see past Richie and Tony. Hey there. How, how many believe that it is the biblically right for everybody who's saved to be filled with the Spirit? Would you hold your hand up? Then why ain't you? Why you got anger and malice and jealousy and strife in your heart? You're quote you're toting KJV, but you're living NIV. You are not living out sound doctrine. It's tight, but it's right. Paul told Timothy, he said, and, and we're going to get, we're going to, we're going to dissect this verse some more. There is the, there is the establishment of sound doctrine. We know what it is. But notice the enemies of sound doctrine. Why do we need sound doctrine? Look at verse nine. You, you, you look at your Bibles, right? We use the Bibles around here. That by sound doctrine, that you may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort. And to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Christians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. Those are the enemies of sound doctrine. Now, let's look at it contextually. These are individuals... That were that had snuck by the way into the churches at Crete, upon Paul and Titus, uh, uh, upon Paul's leaving and leaving Titus there, these false teachers, just like they did everywhere where Paul went, Paul would leave and they'd sneak in. Probably the Judaizers. He talks about the circumcision. Most likely that's who that is. That's who's always giving Paul trouble, Uh, and, and they sneak in there and they start teaching things that are contrary to sound doctrine. You really don't have to live like that. Hey, I want to remind us all. If I go out tonight, I got—I I have trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. My faith is in Jesus. If I die, I'm trusting Jesus. But if I go out tonight and get drunk, am I lost? No, I'm just disobedient. And you know what I'm doing? I'm living contrary to sound doctrine. If I go out and tell a lie, am I lost? I'm living contrary any sin you or I commit. It don't matter how much we want to justify it. It is contrary to sound doctrine. And by the way, you really want to look at that list in First Timothy 1 about what he said was contrary to, found, to sound doctrine. Disobedient, ungodly, sinners, unholy, profane. Murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers. Manslayers. Yeah, preach against them murderers. That abortion crowd. Well, if you're living contrary if you're living in sin, you got sin in your heart. You're in that same crowd living contrary to sound doctrine. Oh, how do you like this crowd? Whoremongers. Is that who you want to hang out with? Those that defile themselves with mankind. Don't blow the sodomites up and live in rebellious spirit and attitude. You know what that is? It's contrary to sound doctrine. Look on, men stealers. Don't fuss about these people. It is wicked stealing these kids and selling them into. And I don't even want to use the words because that brings filth into our mind, but sell them to a lifestyle of slavery. When you've got envy and jealousy and greed and strife and malice in your heart, it's the same crowd. Perjured persons. If there be anything that is contrary to sound doctrine, it's the same crowd. The enemies of These people snuck in. But did you know, these people can not only sneak into a church, they can sneak into your heart. Notice their description. He he calls them gainsayers. What's a gainsayer? It means to contradict. It means to speak against. These people had snuck into the churches at Crete, and they were speaking against what Paul and Titus were preaching. They said, ah, you ain't got to listen to what them preachers say. Hello, have y'all heard them people? Yeah, them bunch of legalists down there at Safe Harbor. He preaching them how you ought to live and how you ought to do, be different if you're saved. He's just a legalist. They're gainsayers. Hey, but you better watch them gainsayers get in your heart. How's your words? The Bible says that the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down the innermost parts of a belly. I know we sound big and tough. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that's a lie. Somebody attacks your character. Somebody attacks your integrity. Somebody speaks malice against you. By the way, how many's ever had somebody talk about him? Everybody, keep your hand up. Everybody, keep your hand up. Now look around. And look at all the people that has been talking about people. You better keep your hand up. Praise God. Everybody has been guilty of that. And it, you don't like when somebody talks about you. We ought not talk about others. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's move on. Some of y'all saying, "Praise God." It don't get no better unruly that word unruly means not controlled disobedient the etymology is they're against the rules they're unruly they're disobedient they refuse to obey the truth that's what these these people that is snuck in y'all still with me and it's just literally just bible preaching i mean that's all i know how to do They they snuck into this church and they were going contrary to what paul had preached now i'm not talking about you rebelling against me but the problem is when you rebel against this book. And when you go contrary to sound doctrine. Yes, I'm the pastor. Yes, I'm the under-shepherd. Yes, I'm the one who's been an example to the flock. But at the end of the day, you don't have a problem with me. You have a problem with this book. Amen. But, hey, I'll be honest with well, you. You know what would help us? I've had preachers preach before. And I thought they were preaching at me. Only to find out I was in the audience. And they were. If you ever feel like a preacher is preaching to you, hey yes! He is! He's not preaching to the people down there at Walmart. If he was, he'd be down there at Walmart. We're so dumb. Was he talking to me? Probably. I mean, You're there. Ain't we goofy sometimes? If the Lord gave that man a message and you were there, the Lord wants you to hear that. Instead of getting upset about that, you ought to thank God that God loves you enough to send you a word. Ain't that wonderful? Unruly. Here's a vain talker. The word vain means empty. The, the, you put these phrases together, it means one who utters senseless things. I've been guilty of that. Thank you for not saying amen there. I can have you all raise your hand and put us all in the same boat again, all right? Vain talkers, no substance to what they say. You can't take their word for anything. That's what these teachers were. Deceivers means deception of the mind. In the context, these were trying to deceive them out of out of true doctrine and the false doctrine. Paul warns Timothy, Now the Spirit, in 1 Timothy 4, 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Congratulations, that's where you're living at today. You know why they're giving heed to that? Because they don't have sound doctrine. Um, we've talked about this a little bit uh, on Wednesday night. Liars in verse number thir- uh, verse number 12. One of themselves, um, who, uh, and I'm going to get to their danger in a minute, but one of themselves, even a prophet of their own, so the Christians are always liars. They don't tell the truth. Evil beasts, wild animals. Paul warned the church in Acts 20 about those wolves coming in. You know, a wolf is an interesting animal. It'll have, a, it'll have an alpha wolf out front. But you know that alpha wolf, the male ain't running it? There's, there's always a, a a female wolf behind me. He's always looking back at you. Study it out. I'm telling you, men, we better be leaders of our home. Amen. That's not putting down on the ladies. We ought to lead our home and lead our families. We don't want to sneak things into the church and sneak things into our life. Uh, then he talks about slow bellies. We talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. Those those who live for the gratification of the flesh. Paul talks about in Philippians chapter number 3 that their God is their belly just feeding themselves. Sad, I'm not. It's not talking about the consumption of food. It's talking about satisfying the wicked fleshly desires laid out in Galatians chapter 5. Y'all still with me? I'm just talking about the enemies of them, and yes, in the context, these were real people that were bringing these things to the church. But I want to remind ourselves: my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, and these things get in my heart. These things get in my life. I can, I can speak against. I can, I can be rebellious. What? Is, that's the description. But what's the danger of these people? Look at verse number 11. Look at the danger of them, whose mouths must be stopped. Titus said, "You've got to stop these people." Why? Who subvert? whole houses watch this now issues at the church and false teaching and sin can cause trouble in the home but flip that around you can flip around the same way issues in the home can cause issues in the church. You know why we're fixing to start a 12-13 week series in Sunday school on Sunday morning? On the home, on marriage, on family, on children. And we're going to have the teenagers and up in here for that. You know why we're doing that? Because the home is important. Families are important. We better protect that. We are going to better protect that and guard that and be safe with that. Because so goes the homes, so goes the churches you show me a strong church I'll show you a church that has strong families you show me a carnal church I'll show you a church that has carnal families and wickedness in the home if they're that wicked brother Richie at church what are they doing at home behind closed doors it, hey let me just and this ain't the outline but if you talk filthy out in public what in the world are you doing in private? If you got a filthy mind where others around you know that, what in the world are you doing in private? I'm telling you, we there's a danger. It subverts whole houses. Sin destroys families is what I wrote down next to that verse. It destroys families. It destroys homes. I understand he says houses, but the context is a family unit there. there what is there? that's the description of their danger. Notice the drive, verse 11. Here's why they do that. Teaching things which they ought not. Here's why. Filthy lucre's sake. Paul just warned Titus. You bear. watch that crowd that's out, out there for the money. We believe we ought to take care of God's men. The church takes care of me. When we have guests in, we try to be hospitable to them. We dealt with that Wednesday night. We talked about being kind. But nobody better do it for the money. Doing it for the money means, I'm going to cancel, and and I know you want, but you better never do this. I'm going to cancel this meeting, because I know i go over here, I'll get a bigger offering. I know you wouldn't, but I'm just before God and all these witnesses, hey, Amen. I, I, there's been opportunities. I've had time. I, I could go place and get a bigger offering, bigger church, hey, Amen. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not being the preacher, the hero of my story. I'm just saying that's that's for filthy lucre's sake. Can I tell you what God done for me the other week? I had a need, and 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 and, and you know, just not a big need, but just. And, and you know what happened? A 13-year-old girl at a church where I just preached a few weeks ago mailed me a letter. Brother Josh, thank you for coming and preaching at our church. And she, you know what she put? She put $300 in a letter. A 13-year-old girl. I done told you about the drug heads uh, that got saved and God, God changed their life. And the preacher said, man, they were used to being drugs and alcohol. And God saved them. God changed them. And he found a $5 bill at Huddle House and put it back in the offering. That is on front row every night. You know what? God knows how to take care of you. Don't do it for filthy lucre's sake. Man, that couple, man, they lived a wicked life. and, and But, man, they got saved. And they sit on the front row and had the joy of the Lord. If God has to take somebody that came out of, out of the mire of sin or take a little 13-year-old girl, God's going to take care and God's going to meet the need. Don't do it for filthy lucre's sake. That's what them false teachers are doing for what they get. Here's the last thing, and i got to go. I, I did write this down. Let me give you this. I thought it was good. Some men claim they're not for sale, and the reason they say that is because they've already sold themselves to the highest bidder. Here's the last one. There's the establishment of sound doctrine. There is the enemies of sound doctrine. But what is the effectiveness of sound doctrine? What is the benefits of sound doctrine? Well, you see it in verse number 9 and verses 13 and 14. How how do we deal with this crowd, these gainsayers? How do we deal with these things in our life? How do we deal with those that that want to bring division to the church? How do we deal with those things when they get into our heart, our body, then the temple of the Holy Ghost? Here's the first word he gives us. Exhort. Look at verse 9. That he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort. He's talking about the gainsayers. The word exhort means to call one aside. This speaks of communicating the truth. I'm going to run through these and make the application work done. Then look at the next word. And convince. This speaks of convincing of the truth. It means to persuade or satisfy the mind. And then look at verse number uh, number 13. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to the Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. That is the correcting with the truth. So I said, Preacher, what do you mean exhort, convince, and rebuke? Here's why sound doctrine has to be in your life before you do any exhorting, convincing, or rebuking. You can't rebuke somebody if you're a hypocrite. He said, you're not going to be able to correct those issues, Titus, in the church if you're not living according to sound doctrine. If you're not working out your salvation, if, if what you believe don't match how you behave forget exhorting, forget convincing, and you have no business rebuking them because you're not living according to sound doctrine. Now, we shouldn't walk around saying, well, I'm going to live right so I can tell everybody what's wrong. No, 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 that's not what he's talking about, okay? That's a bad idea. No, it is not about him defending himself. It's all about the truth. It's all about the doctrine. It's all about the faith. Here's why. Here's why you've got to rebuke them sharply. That they may be sound in the faith. He said, you've got a church of young believers over there in Crete. And there's false teachers coming in, false doctrine coming in. And you better make sure, Timothy, that you're living according to sound doctrine because you need to go in there. You've got to exhort them, call them aside, tell them what's right, convince them, persuade them, and rebuke them. They need to stop what they're teaching. But if Titus was half in, half out, drinking, smoking, running around, watching pornography, living for the devil had an evil spirit in his heart. I'm not saying all those things. I'm not saying any of those things. And and any sin you want to throw out there? I'm not talking about living perfect, but I am talking about walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit. Paul said, uh, you're not going to be able to do that if you're not living according to sound doctrine. You know, it all goes back to this. I hope this made sense tonight. Doctrine is what we believe. I believe we have the right doctrine tonight. Don't you? I believe this I don't think you'd be a member of this church. I don't think you would have come to this church if you didn't believe that we had right doctrine here. And thank God for that. But how is our sound doctrine? Are we living out what we believe? Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works. Who who's the day before men? They ought to know something's different about you. you know where people get upset? I've not said one thing about dress tonight. But everybody thinks it's dress. Dress is a part of it. But I've seen people that were dressed right that still were living contrary to sound doctrine. And I've seen people that were dressed wrong that were living contrary to sound doctrine. We always think it's just the dress. The dress is part of it, but how's your spirit? How's your attitude? Amen. How is your demeanor? Well, I'll tell you right now who needs this sermon is that person over there. What you need to do is be quiet and mind your own tater patch. Because you think you know what everybody else needs. You like all them people to get on my nerves and somebody gets sick. Well, I know what's wrong with them. No, you don't. Cut me now. You ain't no doctor. What I'm telling you tonight is if we're not careful, we'll take something like this and boy, that was for them. That was for them. That boy, they really. Need. I'm telling you, who need to hear this sermon Not Everybody in this building tonight, because all of us tonight have been guilty of living contrary to sound doctrine. And you're not going to have any effectiveness in your Christian life. I won't have any effectiveness in my Christian life if I live contrary to sound doctrine. If I declare one thing, hey, I believe the King James Bible's word of God, salvation by grace, eternal security. I believe in the church. I believe in the rapture of the church. I believe all these right doctrines. But I don't pray. I don't read my Bible. I got ill will in my heart. I got malice in my soul. I got I got envy, strife, jealousy. You name it. I am living contrary to sound doctrine, and I have no effectiveness in the work of God. Ain't that tight? But it's right. Now, if God has not spoken to your heart tonight, you might ought to get saved. Because I'm telling you tonight, they don't care out here what you believe. I've never had nobody leave, or nobody, nobody on the street, and nobody out in the world has ever, uh, you know, you invite somebody to church. Well, you, and this is a hypothetical situation, invite somebody to church. No, I ain't come to your church because y'all believe the doctrine of the rapture. They don't ever say that, Brother David. I ain't coming to your church because y'all believe in the doctrine of the church. Because you know what I have heard them say? I ain't going to that church because I work with somebody says he's a Christian. He cusses. He laughs at the dirty jokes. And, and, and he looks at the women and whistles at them just like I do. And I know I ain't. I, and so if that's what a church is, I, you know what that man's doing? He's living contrary to sound doctrine. How effective is your testimony tonight? You know what I think tonight? You know what I really think we ought to do? I think we better all come pray. And ask God to help all of us with this area of sound doctrine. Oh, by the way... <laughs> Just so, you, just if you're wondering if I missed that fourth time, sound doctrines used in our Bible. It's in Titus chapter two, verse one. And you know who he talks to? He talks to the aged women. He talks to the aged men. He talks to the young women, and he talks to the young men. And we're gonna look at it all. And I'm gonna nail my hide to the wall, and nail your hide to the wall, because we don't need to live contrary to sound doctrine. Why? Because if we don't have sound doctrine, we won't be able to exhort. We won't be able to convince and we won't be able to rebuke that others might be sound in the faith. Brother Matthew, come on. I, maybe if you'll get up here, I'll quit preaching. There's so much in this. Sound in the faith. These are false teachers. They're lost. He said, Titus, they won't get saved if you don't have sound doctrine. And those at that church at Crete that are trying to live for God, that are saved, they're not going to be strengthened in their faith if you're living a contrary to sound doctrine. Let's stand. I appreciate your attention. i preach five minutes over